Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get rolling in a little different fashion this morning, so we'll give folks time to grab a seat. Uh, if you notice, too, we've got the announcements kind of scrolling on the screen for things that we need to be aware of over the next several months. I want to go ahead and point a few of those out. Um, last Wednesday of every month, we do dinner with Poe Mill Achievement Center. That's a ministry that we partner with here in Greenville. If you would ever like to help out with that, these are flying by. That's okay. I'm going to hit Yeah, there we go. Last Wednesday of the month from 530 to 615. If you ever want to help with that, find Zach, wherever he is. He's right there. Talk to him. He can set you up with that. Renewal graduation, uh, which is another thing with, um, man, my brain is, is fried this morning with Miracle Hill. Uh, we've been asked to help with that September 13th at 5.30. And so these are, are ladies and moms with kids that have been going through programs for addiction. They've, a lot of them have been homeless, a lot of things. This is their graduation deal. So they've made it through and we get to celebrate with them. We're going to celebrate with them just by serving them dinner that night and by taking care of them and just saying, look, we're proud of you. What you've done is great. Is there anything we can do to help you with that? Uh, they've done a great job with that. And continuing with that, Shepherd's Gate, um, we have a Bible study that meets two Thursdays a month. Uh, Abby and Sarah Bonner are kind of running with that. If you would like to know more and get involved with that, it's Thursday evenings. Uh, it's fun. You've got to be flexible. It's, it's super neat. If you have that time slot available and you would like to serve these ladies, that'd be a great way. First Sunday breakfast is two weeks from today, uh, September the 5th. Make sure you bring your favorite dish. We'll stack them up over there and we'll eat them everywhere. It's just a time at nine o'clock before worship gets going for us to, to kind of just, man, talk to each other. Because sometimes when we get here at 9.37 on Sunday morning, when we start at 9.30, uh, five. It, it's difficult to actually talk to people, so this is just a way for us to do that. And then, man, this is going to be really big, literally, figuratively, in every possible metaphorical and otherwise way. On September the 26th, we're going to have our first family dedication in a couple years. Due to this little thing called COVID, we haven't been able to do this. And so basically, this is just when families get together with their, their newborn babies who may, be, who may have a whole set of teeth by now. Um, we just kind of come up front and just kind of say together, hey, uh, we are vowing to raise this child to know and fear the Lord, and we want to do it in front of our family. And so it's very likely, given the baby boom that we've seen over the past two years, that this whole front will be full and the chairs will be mostly empty uh, because they're... Man, one thing that Origins is great at is uh, making babies. Um, just, I'm just being honest. Like, if, if you're here and you're a married couple and you haven't made a baby, there's a good chance that you're going to make one or adopt one or something pretty you know, soon. It's in the water. And so we're going to do that. You want to be here. Sign-ups will be available so that we'll know who all wants to be a part. And even if you're new to Origins and you haven't in front of you know, your church body said, look, this is our kid. We want to dedicate them to the Lord, uh, kind of like Samuel was done, just to say, look, we want to raise them to know, understand, fear the Lord, and we're going to do everything we can to do that, but we need our church's help to do that. If you want to do that, man, let us know. Sign-ups will go out in the email. I think, I think that's it. Um, today's going to be a little different. Uh, today is, we're going to worship in two ways today. We're going to worship through song, and we're going to worship through prayer. Uh, that's the point. We were looking at just how things are going right now around the world, outside of our yard. And man, things are crazy. Like, things are crazy. Like, this week, um, like, my heart is breaking for the church in Afghanistan. Because I know this morning, uh, most likely, we have brothers and sisters who will die. Who will die because they chose to stay and be faithful to the mission that God has set them on instead of fleeing. But we also know that God has led some of them to try to escape and to get out, and they can't. 
And we also know that there are women and children who have, you know, by all accounts other than natural sin, they haven't done anything wrong and they're being committed to a life that they don't want or they die. And pastors are getting letters today that say, close up your church, get out, or you will die next week. This is the reality that our world is facing right now. And it's hard for us to see it. It's hard for us to grasp it because we are in this bubble called America in which we have freedom to gather. We have no fear of the police coming in or people with guns to kill us because we follow Jesus. And so we don't think about it, but today we need to think about it. Today we need to unite our heart with God's, see as He does, feel as He does, love as He does, and seek His will in this. And then we have friends to the south in Haiti who have had, man, a rough decade. And it just keeps getting worse. Eleven years ago, they lost 250,000 people to an earthquake. And right now, more are dying every single day because of an earthquake they just had and no government to help them. And so today, we want to pray for them, brothers and sisters, and even people who do not yet know Jesus, who have never heard the gospel. Man, we need to pray that they will. And so today, in thinking along the lines of Psalm 141, this is how we're calling ourselves to worship today. It says, O Lord, I call upon you, hasten to me, come quickly. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you, and lifting up my hands as evening sacrifice. Today, we worship God by saying, God, we want to know what you want. We want to agree with you in that, and we want to make our request known to you. And so, if we will, I want to start with prayer now, and then we're going to worship and throughout this service, we're going we're gonna to have music, we're going to have scripture, we're going to have prayer. Uh, we're going to ask you what you need and how can we pray for you. And we want to pray for you today. It's going to be different. It may be uncomfortable. It may be things that you've never done before. But this is the life of a disciple. We go to Jesus with our needs. We ask him to take care of those needs. And we say, God, we want to know what you want. Make us want that too. And so be open, be flexible. Um, man, be willing this morning to pray, to be prayed for. Uh, and so let's, let's go to God now. God, we thank you uh, that you're a father who listens. We thank you that you're a father who listens, who is on a throne. And that throne is not made of paper. That throne is not made of anything that we could construct. But it's eternal. And it's so representative of the power and the authority that you have God, today in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of the Father, God, we claim your power for you to move here, to move elsewhere, to move around this world for your glory, for your sake. But God, you tell us for our good. God, as we desire to unite our hearts with yours today, even in this moment, before we utter a word, before we pray any further, before we sing, God, I pray that you begin to reveal to us what you want. And Father, our prayers are a declaration that we agree with you, that we want that too. Father, we pray that you would speak louder than circumstance. We pray that you would speak louder than doubt. And God, I pray that we would not be as those that you want us not to be. And James, when you say that when we pray, we cannot pray in doubt because that's like a, a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, unstable in all ways. God, I pray that we would ask in full assurance and full faith like you tell us in Scripture that if we pray anything according to your will, you will hear and you will move. God, today, unite our hearts with yours. Let us know what you want. Let us agree with you. And let us agree with you in faith to the point that we ask for it. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. And God, thank you for your church. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. And we're going to kind of break this up into manageable prayer chunks this morning to a degree. And, and kind of you'll get an idea as to how we're going to roll as, just as we do it. We're going to learn by doing. Um, I want to read in 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And it'll be up on the screen as well. It says, first of all, then I urge you, I urge that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Man, this morning, uh, there's a couple things that we want to think about in reference to Afghanistan. Uh, we talked a little bit about the fact that, man, Christians are going to die. Like, it's going to happen. They've already died. Um, they're going to continue to die. And those that God has felt you know, called to get out and maybe go back later, they're struggling just to get to an airport right now. But not even that, but just other people who have no allegiances to the Taliban, they're, they're being killed too. Um, we saw reports this week, girls as young as like nine years old are being yanked from their home and either... They marry this man or they die. It's real. It's happening. It's not in our backyard, so we don't perceive it, but it's happening. It's real, and so we need to be aware of it. Uh, First Timothy, Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. He's like, first of all, I want you to know that, man, we need to pray, we need to intercede, and we need to make thanks for all people today. We need to pray for the nation of Afghanistan. We may know no one from there. We may never enter their, their country. We may never put foot on their soil, but they're God's creation. They have value. Every single one, even the Taliban. Even the Taliban, which blows my mind. If we think about evil in our modern age, they represent it. And our heart desires to destroy evil, but God says no. God says, actually, to pray for evil. In Matthew, we have this passage, and and Jesus is giving his Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew chapter 5, there we go. It says, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that they may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles or the pagans do the same. You therefore must be perfect or holy as your heavenly Father is perfect and holy. So even this morning as we direct our prayers, given these two passages, there's a couple things. Number one, we pray for the people of of Afghanistan. We pray for their safety Uh, for their wisdom. We pray for them to listen to exactly what God desires them uh, to do. One of the pastors in neighboring Pakistan who makes his way into Afghanistan, we got a letter this week, um, and they plant churches in Afghanistan. They've been doing it for the past couple decades. And he said, the Taliban fought and outlasted the strongest military in the world for the last 20 years and the Russian military for 10 years in the 80s. What does this world expect? 30 years of resisting and not giving up. Of course, the Taliban are filling the streets and celebrating. Their faith is strong even unto death. But here's what he says. He says, but nothing has changed for us as the church, except that our faith will have to prove that much stronger. Good over evil, whatever the cost, even unto eternal life. 
So the pastors in Afghanistan right now, they're saying their faith is strong even to kill us, but our faith needs to be strong even if it kills us. Man, for the majority of the church, the church, the big ecclesia, as we talked about a few weeks ago, this is reality, that following Jesus may very well cost you your life. Here, it may cost us a promotion if things get really bad. It may cost us a neighbor and a relationship if things get really, really bad. But there, to say, I love Jesus, I follow Jesus, you may only have the option of dying. And they're choosing that option right now. And so we need to pray. We need to pray for the people of Afghanistan. Secondly, even in reference for this passage, it says, For kings, be made, your supplications, thanksgiving, be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. Uh, we need to pray for our leadership and the lack of theirs. Like whether you agree with who our president is or not, I don't care, and neither does God, to be honest. That is not his desire. His desire is that we intercede on their behalf, that they may function in light of wisdom and do what is best in the moment. And I can't say what that is. You can't say what that is. But God knows what that is. And we should desire that they hear from him and that they do his best, not mine, not yours. So whether you agree with policy or politics, I don't care. If we want to be obedient to Scripture, we pray for them, and we don't pray for their conviction. We pray for their hearing, that they listen to God. They do what's in His interest, not theirs. So we pray for the people of Afghanistan, but we pray for leadership to make the right choice to do what is best in this situation. And to be honest, I'm sure it feels like there is no right decision, only wrong ones. And so we pray for their peace in doing what they have to do, because I can, I can promise you this. There's not a single president that lays his head down after leaving office that doesn't have regrets that haunt him. And so we need to pray that they listen to God and do what's in his best interest. But third, and I think this is the hard one, we pray for the Taliban. We pray for those who are going in. pray for the hearts of those who are going in and killing our families. We pray for their hearts. Because it was only a little while back in which there was this guy that we see named Saul. He took part in martyring Stephen. And after that, I mean, he killed people in the church. He put them in shackles. And guess what God did with him? He blinded him. And he said, why are you persecuting me? Go and make my name great. And he did. There is no one beyond the reach of the hand of God, the voice of God, the salvation of God, and the purpose of God. It is very likely that someone could enter a house and kill a Christian and leave the house and be convicted to eternal life. And that's what we pray. We don't just pray that they relent from evil. We pray that God turns them to Him and Him alone for their justification, for their salvation, and for their purpose moving forward. And it may even cost them their life the next day too. So we pray for the people. We pray for our leaders. And we pray for those who we would consider evil. That God actually may turn them into sons of God. And that's crazy. That's crazy. So for the next few minutes, for the next little while, what I want you to do is just quietly as the band plays, just pray where you are for those three things, uh, for brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, for the leaders of our country and the lack in their country, and also pray for the hearts of those who are 
committing the atrocities and the evil. Pray for them in the name of Jesus. Pray for them with great faith that God will hear and pray that we know what God wants so that we can echo that and say that we agree. And after we've prayed for a a few moments, Neil Culler is going to come up and close us out and we will continue with worship. So take a moment now and, and pray for those things. Father, uh, we love you, and uh, I pray this knowing that you are sovereign um, and knowing that you have full control, um, but um, I pray for our church over there, Lord, um, for the people that are willing to stand up for you and declare you Lord and declare you King and want to see your name known. Uh, Father, I pray for them. I pray for the lives that they're going to touch. But I pray that they are strong, Lord. Lord, if, if their lives are taken, Lord, I pray that you make it quick for them and painless. And Lord, that they could see you. And they approach that situation knowing that they're going to see her face, Lord. And I celebrate that for them. That they get to see you. But also her form, Lord. love them. I pray that they know that we're behind them. And I pray that they're strong, Lord. Father, I pray for the girls in that country now. The ones that are going to be taken from their homes. I pray for their parents. I can't imagine the heartache and the worry not understanding and not knowing why Lord but I pray that those girls know that they are loved by you dearly and completely and I pray for the dad that has to watch his girl get taken and the mom I pray for the arts Lord Lord, I don't really have all the words for it, to be honest. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to ask for. But I know there's going to be pain and hurting. And Father, I pray that you intercede with that. I pray for our leadership in this country, Lord. As Matt talked about, the Lord, you would give them the wisdom to approach the situation, Lord, that they would seek you in the situation and they would listen to you, Lord, and only you. And Father, I pray that your name would be made great and would would be known, made known, Lord, um, from the enemy, from people who are involved in the Taliban, Lord, for the ones that don't even know you exist, have never heard your story, never heard who you are, Lord. There's a bunch of really young men involved with that that don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing is wrong. They've never been told it's wrong, Lord. 
so I pray that you would somehow make your name known to them. Isn't it through, if it's through a believer dying or another situation, Lord, I pray that they would know you. And I pray that they would get to spend eternity with you. And hopefully we get to see them there. Lord, we love you. We trust you. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. A much more positive letter than we saw in 1 Corinthians, but he's writing to them as a, as a family that he's very grateful for. And in, 1 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, it says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through prayers of many. Just a couple hundred miles south of the United States, we have this country called Haiti. Shares an island with the Dominican Republic, and on one side of the island, you have tourism, you have trade, you have so many things, but on the other side, you have uh, power grabbing, you have poverty, you have death, you have all of these things. You have an assassinated president just a few months ago, um, and then you have natural disasters that keep happening, and, and that's Haiti. Um, several churches that are, we consider partners have, have established from orphanages to churches in Haiti, and right now, like the southern side of Haiti is just, I mean, it's, it's the Wild West and worse. Um, and so John's going to give us an update in just a minute because John has family connection there and who's been serving there for a while. He's going to let us know what that looks like and also kind of guide us in some prayer for them. But I just wanted us to be reminded of what Paul is telling the, the church at Corinth. He was like, look, we were in such a bad place that we would have chosen death if we had that option. We despaired for life itself. We were, there were some days that they said it would have been much easier for us to be dead than it was to be alive, but God delivered us then. He will deliver us again, and he will continue to deliver us. But he said, you have a part, talking to the church at Corinth, he said, you have a part, and here's your part. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. He said, our job is not done. Even though it was hard, it continues to be hard. We're still here for a reason. Those orphanages have not pulled up stakes and left. Those pastors have not pulled up stakes and left. Those churches have not shut their doors, even though many of them do not have doors at the moment. They're staying because their job is still there. The people are still there. The gospel still needs to be spoken there in midst of assault, in midst of robbery, in midst of starving to death, in the midst of going without water in a country that's surrounded by water. They say we choose to stay, and they say we need your prayers. They're saying the same thing that Paul said to the church at Corinth right now. We're staying, so in our stay, we need you to pray. We need you to pray for our strength. We need you to pray for our safety. But most importantly, we need you to pray for the glory of God to go in spite of these circumstances and maybe because of them. And so today, uh, we want to pray for not just the church in Haiti, but the country of Haiti. And John's going to tell us a little more. Use that mic. Yeah. It is now. 
test. All right. Yeah, so I just um, I actually called my um, one of my brothers who is in Haiti. Um, my brother and his family and my dad um, and his wife are missionaries in Haiti. Actually, both of them were in the States um, at the time. Um, my dad had to stay back for other reasons, but my brother was able to head over right away. So I called him last night and got a little update. So he's in the far western tip, and they still got uh, a fair amount of damage, uh, about 15%. 15% uh, of the buildings there are damaged, and they're probably 50 miles from where the, the earthquake, um, the center was. Uh, he said really the biggest thing right now is um, not really sure exactly what the death toll is. Haiti's kind of crazy like that. I mean, with lack of government and that type of stuff, there's just counting people, consensus, all that stuff. It's it's hard to really know, but obviously even one loss of life is, is devastating. Um, <clears throat> the hospitals are, you know, overrun. They can't they can't really keep up with all of that. There is a fair amount of foreign aid uh, medically that has come in that has been a big help. Um, so that is kind of under control now. Um, the main issue now is supplies. People are hungry, um, thirsty. They can't get supplies in. <clears throat> um, So people are starving, and they're thirsty. They can't take care of their families. That's the, the biggest need right now. The one, the one bridge that they have on their main road <coughs> is damaged. They can't even use it to bring supplies over. I can't imagine already being in a place where I can't provide for my family and then something like this being added to it.
I don't think it's something that any of us can fathom. And it's just so, so out of sight, out of mind. A lot of times, the, the times when God moves the most is during the hardest times. And so we have to trust that through the situation, not only will people be fed with food and given water, but they will be fed uh, spiritual food and receive the living water that God can provide. That's all that we can pray for right now. So I'm just going to take a few minutes to, to pray for them and all the people that are working hard and sacrificing to get supplies and stuff to them. Father, we come to you, God, with brokenness and humbleness, knowing that we really can't understand what the people there are going through. I've never experienced it. I don't know of anyone here that has experienced being in such poverty, not having any food in stock, not even having enough from day to day, let alone being ready for a disaster. God, not being able to feed their kids and sickness and disease that is running just because they can't get medical help and they can't get food for strength and water. God, we pray for the people there. We pray for the people that are giving up so much to bring them help. Just give them wisdom, give them strength. God, that through this, that the gospel would be spread throughout Haiti, that as, as they're able to, to help, that your love would be shown. That your hands and your feet would be throughout the country just taking care of people and loving people and bringing them to you. We pray that they would feel your love and that you care for them throughout this. Ephesians 4, uh, verse 1, 
Paul again talking to the church at Ephesus this time. He says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. Man, the... uh, We've talked about Afghanistan, we've talked about Haiti, and now it's time to kind of talk about us, like where we are. And I would love to start and and just say this, and I can, and I'm grateful for that as your pastor. um, I'm thankful that you guys have not found reasons to divide this family. And in the past year and a half, you've had ample reason, ample opportunity. There's been plenty of lines drawn in the sand, and you could have easily said, this line is far more important than you, and you haven't. So thank you. Thank you that that part of the gospel is alive in you. Thank you that the Spirit who is speaking to us, telling us sometimes to keep our mouths shut, to keep our fingers still, to not type what we think, thank you for not doing that. Here's the reality. Not in a voice of prophecy, but just in a voice of observance. The next six to 12 months, those lines are going to become deeper. And because the longer we go in in what we're experiencing as a country, the deeper our opinions get, the more entrenched we become in them, and the more opportunity we have to not pursue these thoughts that we see in Ephesians of, I urge you, politeo, this word, politetusete, of to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called with all humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It will be much easier in the next year to choose an opinion or a preference over family. And we can't. We cannot allow our preference to dictate whom we love. Because here's the deal. There are going to be tons of opinions floating around, and the pressure is you must choose a side and you must wave a banner. But here's the deal. The only banner we wave is that of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're pro-vax, anti-vax. It doesn't matter if you're pro-mask, anti-mask. It doesn't matter if you're pro-choice or pro-whatever. That does not supersede the banner of Jesus. It cannot It's okay to have preference, it's okay to have opinion, but it can never supersede the family that God has rebirthed us into by grace through faith. Cannot. And if it does, you are choosing something else over Jesus. If it does, I am choosing something else over Jesus. And guess what? Scripture calls that idolatry. It goes on to call that sin. And guess what sin is? Sin is opposition to the grace by which we have been called. And we have to say no. Now, does that mean you may choose not to come and worship in person? That's okay. Does that mean you may choose to wear a mask or to not wear a mask? Yes, that's okay. Does that mean that you choose to get a vaccination or not to get a vaccination? Yes, but that's okay. Those are choices. But Jesus is reality. We live in grace because He chose us, not the other way around. And we need to walk in that. We need to model that because guess what? The world needs to see it. Whether Afghanistan, whether Haiti, or whether our neighbors, they need to see that we are choosing one another over preference. And if we're not, we're choosing sin. That's, I mean, that's the bottom line. And we can't choose sin over Jesus. And when the temptation comes... We have to confess it. We have to, we have to just say, God, you know what? 
Um, I'm tempted to choose this thing over you right now. Forgive me. Grant me strength to not do so. And we need to call it what it is. And we need to avoid it. I love what he says. Paul speaking as a prisoner. He literally was a prisoner. This is not figurative. He's like, I'm in prison. And I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you were called. Remember who you are with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. He's like, look, no matter what, there's multiple opinions, but there's one family. There's one family, and that's through Jesus and Jesus alone, and we have to choose that family. And that's going to, to be honest, that's going to look different for all of us. But we still have to make sure that what we are doing reveals that we are choosing God and his family and not me and my preference. And I promise, I promise, the pressure is about to grow. It's about to grow. It's, it's here. I mean, it's, it's splitting nucleic, fa- nucleic families, like families that share the same blood from mom and dad. It's splitting them in half right now. Don't pretend that it's not going to come after the church too. As a matter of fact, uh, it's already happening repeatedly. And we're reminded in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, Be sober-minded or be clear-thinking, be watchful, pay attention. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Understand that, hey, you know, if Satan can find a victory right now, it's the victory that he's going to find in splitting the church, separating us, like cutting our minds away from each other, our hearts away from each other, not just keeping us from gathering, but like splitting us. And so we need to be understanding, we need to be clear thinking, we need to know He's after us and He's coming hard and it's going to come in the form of you choose this side, you choose this side, and because you chose differently than me, I can't love you like I should. Man, and we just need to give that over to Jesus and say, that's directly from the devil, we want nothing to do with that, take it away. We have to choose obedience over preference. But we do also have to understand in a, in a prayerful mindset that there are churches right now that are not handling it as well as you guys are. It's not as, not as well as we are. There are other churches, uh, man, that they are being cut right down the middle, and they're not going to recover. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful that the Spirit has spoken louder than our preference. But be watchful. Don't give up. Don't relent. Continue to choose each other over preference. Continue to choose each other over preference. But we do need to pray for those part of the family here now that are being split, that are being cut apart. So Zach's going to come up and pray for us in just a minute and uh, in this idea of unity, and he's going to pray for a couple of things. And before he does, I want you to pray for them too. Number one, continue to pray for this family, this Origins Greenville family in this city, for this city, for the glory of God, that we don't let preference split us. That we remain unified uh, in two things. We remain unified in our need for Jesus, and we remain unified in the mission to share the gospel with this entire city so that every man, woman, and child has repeated opportunities to hear and respond to Jesus. And if we let preference divide us, that won't happen. So be united in those two things. But secondly, we need to pray for the rest of the churches in this country. Man, that Satan is just dropping a cleaver right in the middle of, and he's splitting them down the middle. We need to pray for them to to be strong, to be watchful, to be sober-minded, to not let it happen. Because, man, understand, yes, Greenville's at stake, 
but so is Charlotte, so is Atlanta, so is L.A., so is New York, so is New Orleans, so are all those cities in which the gospel must be made known and manifest. And if the church is split, the gospel becomes very quiet. So over the next just few moments while Zach is coming, pray for those things and we'll continue to worship. Let's pray. God, we see that in Scripture that our, uh, our citizenship is not of this world, but it is in heaven. Um, and that is because we belong to you and you purchased us with a price. God, we see this drive the early church, um, how you moved in them. We see in Acts where all the believers held everything in common. As I'm sure that they had different preferences and different um, opinions on things, God, that the blood of Jesus unified them and they held all things in common. And we see how that allowed the spread of the gospel to reach further than just inside of their church family, but moved um, to all parts, to the ends of the earth. And it's still moving today because of that, God, because of what you did there in the early church through your son, Jesus. And so, Lord, for myself and my own heart, I, I first just pray that you would uh, just continue to work in me. Help me um, not go to opinion or preference first, but first step into obedience. Help me love my brothers and sisters deeper, despite whatever uh, we have um, whatever differences that we hold. God, I pray the same for our church here at Origins, um, that you would do the same work in all of us. God, that we, we all who, who call upon the name of Jesus and have been saved, that we, would be, that we would hold all things in common as we look to the cross. Jesus, as your, as your blood poured out and as you sat there, hung on the cross, gasping, suffering for us, for my sins. You did that so we would be brought into relationship with you, but also that we would be unified together. Because your gospel can't move forward with a divided church. So Lord, forgive me for moments where I've allowed that to creep into my heart. And Lord, I pray for us that you would uh, continue to lead us in the right direction. And we would walk hand in hand, rejoicing, knowing that our citizenship is in heaven with you. That you would allow us to be a part of what you're doing in our city. Through all the different ministries that we're serving and, and the lostness that we're engaging in. And even inside of our own families, in our home and in our neighborhoods, God. We have kids and siblings who do not know you. And the best thing for us to do is to be unified together in the blood of Jesus, that we may engage our own families in our house or neighborhoods in this city. That we would not lose touch with that, Lord, but we would keep the cross in the forefront. I pray that for our church. And God, I pray for the churches across our country who seem to be more divided and that are more divided, God. Splits have happened because of their disagreements. People have left and enraged and may not return to the church 
God, I pray, I pray for the leaders all across the country that you would bring everyone to submissive knees in repentance and continue to walk in faith, God, that you would build big C church in our country and our world to walk in unity that thousands of years from now as we are worshiping you around your throne and praising you, we will be worshiping with our brothers and sisters in perfect harmony and perfect unity and we would reflect that here on earth, God. Even though it, it may not be perfect at times, God, we pray that it would be a reflection of what is to come. I pray that for the churches across our country, Lord, and that you would just continue to move. And for the church across the world, those who are being persecuted and those who are um, dealing with, with, with greater things and even in unity, things that are separating the church in, in harsh moments, God, I pray for the church across the world that you would continue to do a work in them and unify them as well, Lord. Unify all of us together. Jesus, I end this prayer with just the plea that you would come quickly. As much as, as, much as I enjoy um, the new life in and, and you that I have and that we have here, God, I pray that you would come quickly and you would restore all that is broken. We love you and we praise you in your name. Amen. Maybe, maybe, there we go. In Acts chapter 2, we see the early church, and it says early on in the early church that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, the breaking the bread, and the prayers. And, and then we see in Galatians chapter 6 where it says uh, to bear one another's burdens, and it implies that we're doing that physically, but also prayerfully. And so over the next little while, over these next couple of songs, the way that uh, this is going to happen is uh, we want to be able to pray for you if you're in the middle of something that is bigger than you. If you're struggling with whatever it may be, maybe it's, maybe it's health-wise, maybe it's loss of a loved one, whatever it is, if it's a problem that you feel like, I, I would love for someone to pray with me there and now. We want to do that because the family does that for one another too. Uh, we have a handful of people that are ready to pray with you. They're going to stand up when we start playing and just kind of stand at the back. And we're going to do this a little differently than we planned. But, but while we're playing and singing and you're standing, if you want someone to pray for you, just, just walk to the back and someone will find you. And they'll, they'll take you in the back or they'll take you to the kitchen, wherever. It doesn't smell today. And, um, and they're, they're just going to pray for you there. And then after that time, we're going to close out uh, with a benediction. But over the next couple of songs, if you would like to be prayed for today by your family in this place, in this time, just stand up and walk to the back. We would love to pray for you. Um, so let's stand and, and worship together. And I know that, I'll be honest, I realize that the way that we've done things in the history of origins, we've never asked someone to leave their seat to do something like this. So seriously, boldness is required, but man, an open heart. If you need prayer, just walk to the back um, and a lady or a gentleman will grab you. Thank you. The writer of Hebrews declared a blessing over the readers of the book and out of character for me, but I'm going to do the same thing to you to do today. today. Um, so if you would bow your heads. Here's the blessing as we go in the name of Jesus. Now may the God of peace who brought us again from the dead. The Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. 
Amen. Have a great week. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Continue to pray for everything you've heard today as we go. Um, We love you, and we want to see this city change for Jesus. If you're with us, come back next week and stay with us. Um, Have a great week. If you wouldn't mind helping us tear down too, that would be outstanding because we did go over, believe it or not, and we got to be out of here in about 45 minutes. Woohoo. Have a great week, guys. Thank you.